Welcome to Piedmont Arts. I'm Rachel Stewart. On Sunday, May 15th, Caritas Acapella Ensemble will perform the premiere of composer Dan Locklear's Sing to the World, a choral celebration of music. Caritas commissioned the work in 2019, but because of the pandemic, we've had to wait a couple of years to hear it. And I'm happy to tell you that today, Dan Locklear and Caritas Artistic Director Kathy Youngblood join me to talk about this new work and their upcoming performance. And it's great to have you both on Piedmont Arts. Thank you, Rachel. Why don't we just start at the beginning? How did this commission come about? Caritas chose to do a commission, a new work to premiere for our fifth anniversary, which would have been in 2020. And I reached out to Dan um, based on his reputation, his prolific record of com composition and uh, just enjoying his style and so many other of his works that I had heard and played in, as an organist. And also because of his being a North Carolina composer, we touched bases and, and, and he graciously agreed to, to do this commission. And together we started exploring what poetry we might put together. Um, and so we did a lot of research mutually and we landed on five poems that in some way or other uh, celebrate music. So that kind of is the theme that ties them all together. And I should point out, Dan is composer in residence at Wake Forest. Like you said, a North Carolina native, a Charlotte native. So Dan, when you receive a commission like this, how do you get started and figure out which way to go? Any commission, you always ask, well, what is it for? Then you ask about the length, you know, what someone has in mind, because obviously uh, if someone wants a five minute composition, that's different from just an open-ended one that is a part of a celebration. And that was the case with this piece. It was uh, to be a, a longer work, but without any real time uh, set. The, the next thing that you do, especially with a choral piece, is to choose text. Now, in this particular case, Kathy was very open-ended about it. She said, want it to be a piece that is in celebration of our anniversary, but um, as far as the poetry, what do you think? And there are so many poems out there, which means you've got to explore literally hundreds, if not thousands of poems in order to come up with appropriate ones. And I mentioned ones because this was to be a choral cycle. That was early on that we did talk about a multi-movement piece. So the poems somehow have to hang together. And if they're not the same author or poet, then of course that creates another issue about how do you find poems that are written by different people that somehow then like spokes in a wheel uh, go to focus on what you want the piece to focus on. So how did you winnow down thousands and millions of <laughs> poems? <laughs> well, Kathy will tell you, I mean, we both just independently started looking. And it was, it was no, no scientific process whatsoever. And Kathy, I don't remember at that particular point that we had even identified the theme of this piece, that it was one to celebrate music. It was just largely that we were wanting to find a group of poems that somehow went together that were very expressive of a number of things at that point. We really hadn't whittled it down. Do you remember? I, I do. Um, one of the things that Caritas does uh, is that every concert we select a local nonprofit as a partner. And this time, we wanted to include you, Dan, in that process. And so we were 
really delighted when you suggested that WDAV would become right. that organization. And so we're just really happy to be able to, to kind of use the, what you do, Rachel, and what WDAV does, um, making music available as part of an inspiration to our theme. You know, just thinking, how do we want, what, what, what can we do to celebrate what WDAV does? And that just seemed to be a good fit you know, in celebration of music. And I'll have to say also that this, all of this happened before the pandemic. Um, and we, as our, our anniversary, we, we wanted to do the premiere in 2020 that required the composition to happen in, in 2019. You know, at that time, the theme of celebrating music was lovely, but Though its original intent was designed for the premiere, I, I really feel that the meaning of it has deepened over the course of these past two years when we have been silenced. And now, I literally, I feel tears welling up as I think about it. We just, we just want so badly to sing to the world now that even the title of the piece has new and fresh meaning that I think it was providential that it be postponed to this point. Now it's our seventh anniversary and that doesn't really matter. What matters is that we are now sharing music and singing to the world. And I want to just say here that we appreciate it at WDAV, the fact that you're honoring us in this way. That was indeed first and foremost, because I would add that Kathy sent me early on a recording of her ensemble. And I was just so impressed by their sense of music making. I mean, not only were they just really a quality choral group, but they had a sense of purpose in their music making. And, and as she mentioned, there was always this focus, uh, community focus and world focus, whatever the focus was. So uh, early on, uh, we, we did indeed decide that WDAV would be our partner with this. Yeah. Again, thank you both. Do you want to get into describing the work a little bit and, and maybe talking about um, some of the, the poems and sections? of the work? The first movement is by, the poem is by Walt Whitman and it's called That Music Always Around Me. And the basic theme of this poem is that it lauds the emotional impact of, of music. It talks about the, the vocal parts of the choir and how when the sopranos hit high notes or the tenors do something or the basses you know, transcend down to the lowest notes that just creates an emotional response. One of the lines in the poem says, I listen to the different voices winding in and out, striving, contending with fiery vehemence to excel each other in emotion. And so, and Dan does such a beautiful job of bringing that to life where you can almost feel like, like it's a spiral carrying you up um, in, in intensity and emotion. So I, I just really loved the way that he made that come alive. The second poem is by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow and it's called The Singers. I'm particularly attracted to this message in this uh, poetry because I think that perhaps if we're to be totally honest with ourselves, many musicians go through a period of time in their life when they struggle with their own value as musicians and, and, and there's a certain sense of competitive uh, nature where these musicians are the better ones and, and these are, the, are, are lesser. And so I love this poem because it puts everybody on an equal level. It speaks about how a variety of people are 
gifted in different ways in music. And the, the opening line says, God sends his singers upon the earth with songs of sadness and of mirth that they might touch the hearts of men and bring them back to heaven again. And then there are three different verses, each of one describing a different musician. One is a young man and he sings um, in the context of nature and a very emotive. The second is a middle-aged man uh, described as a bearded person and he sings roughly in the marketplace. And then the, the third verse uh, is uh, a gray old man singing in a cathedral uh, with, in, accompanied by the organ. The poet goes on later to, to talk about how there's really no best in kind, but in degree. How it's not the kind of musician that really is best or worst, but the degree in which they, they fulfill their duty. And the duty is to charm, to strengthen, and to teach. And so all of those three pillars are, so to speak, uh, form the great, what he calls the great chords of might, C-H-O-R-D-S, the great chords of might. The third movement, it's uh, written by Phyllis Wheatley, who is the first black woman to be published in the United States. What she does is she, she's inspired by positivity and she wakes up early in the morning, reflecting back on the title, A Hymn to the Morning, and she sings of the beauty of the morning to inspire her fellow uh, workers as they begin a work day. Um, and she focuses uh, a lot on, on positive things, on the beauty of the world around her, um, that there's a theme of nothing lasts forever, uh, it's beautiful in its time, uh, being happy for the small things and the nature um, that give them strength to face the tensions of, of the day, of a new day with joy and with hope. So it's just very inspiring. She, she uses reference to the, to the nine muses of Greek mythology, in particular to Calliope, who is the muse uh, of epic poetry. Dan, maybe you'd want to interject a little bit here about the, your use of the African-American spiritual in this context. It seemed an appropriate thing to me that my Lord, what a morning, that particular spiritual, um, be somehow be a counterpoint in this particular piece. So that it does recur quite frequently within this movement, that particular spiritual. It seemed very appropriate, not only textually, but I constructed the whole piece musically around a tight-knit intervallic sort of relationship between the spiritual and between the um, musical ideas of the piece. I love that. It really, it really worked so well. Um, and, and not only in that context, but also the fact that it's the one element in the entire cycle that, that perhaps people know um, already and they can hang their hat on, which is a nice thing also in a, in a, a premiere of something new to have something familiar in there. So what about the fourth so the fourth movement uh, was written by Henry Van Dyke, who is an American poet, educator, and clergyman. He writes about the invisible impact of music on the soul. I related to this poem greatly because I've often thought to myself, I wish I had been in a, a, a fine artist or a painter or something like that, where I could close, being a perfectionist, okay, this is one of these things, you, you wanna close the door behind you, work on your art until it's just the way you want it, and then open the door and expose it to the world and let it be there um, forever. It never changes after that. So 
there are art forms that just live forever. And the question is what happens to music? And music is, is not that way. Uh, with music, when you perform something, it's a short period of time. And then that creative process is over and there's nothing left but the air in which the music was floating. So um, he talks about the, the glory of the architect, the painter, the sculptor, and the poet who have this privilege of being able to have their art perfected before they expose it and then it lasts forever. And then the fifth movement is just a delightful little joke after this deeper uh, movement number four. This is a fable written by a, a Spanish poet from the 1700s. His name is Tomás Iriarte, and he was from Tenerife, which is one of the Canarian uh, islands off the coast of Western Spain. And he wrote, obviously he wrote these fables in Spanish and they were, they were all about animals and different uh, funny, funny things about animals. And one of the things that I have always felt is that a poem should be expressed in its original language. I think the original language has a certain flow to it that, that can't be imitated in a translation. However, in this case, I found that to be not the case. I actually like the English translation more than I do the, the original fable. And it's called The Musical Ass. And this donkey- well, that'll get them there. <laughs> I know, just that alone, right? <laughs> Uh, this donkey uh, happens to be um, feeding himself out in the field and comes across a flute. He puts his nose up against it and happens to exhale when he does, and the flute makes a noise. And he thinks that he is just this magnificent musician, that he ha has such creativity that he can create, oh, what a wonderful flutist I am. The fable itself has a like a moral that uh, I think is worth repeating, and it's that a fool, in spite of nature's bent, may shine for once by accident. Dan and I worked a little bit on what order these poems would would go in, and um, I thought his idea of leaving it at the end was a great one because it's just a fun little giggle at the end that that just kind of puts everything else in in its place. So um, you have the premiere coming up on May 15th, and right. what happens to this work after that? First off, the, the piece will be published instantly, so others would be able to pick it up. But uh, since uh, Kathy has uh, been doing the world premiere, I, I think maybe she may have some plans that she hopes might materialize. We do indeed. Um, you know, we, as, as the commissioning organization, we wanted to be able to have the, uh, the opportunity to present the first audible version of it. And so we'll be making a professional recording of it and, and uh, making it available on YouTube, um, on the Caritas Acapella Ensemble YouTube channel a couple of weeks after the performance. And, and I would uh, add, going back to Kathy's excellent um, overview of the poetry, as she is so beautifully stated, music does have a unique sort of element about it, and that is that it's kind of in the air. I mean, music is the most abstract of all the arts. A number of the pieces that are on the program have depth. And when you're setting poetry as a composer, you seek to explore that depth and to take it even further. Uh, the, the piece does explore a lot of different techniques, uh, but the most important thing for me, setting a choral piece is the perfect marriage of words and music. 
That's interesting. So, I mean, it almost sounds like you're saying that the music is in service of the text. It always is. It has to be. So, Kathy, talking about the recording, it, you said it will be available on YouTube. It's not going to be available as like a download or some it kind of physical. It will be also available as a download, yes. Okay. Yes. And that will be at the Caritas website? Yes, uh -huh, which is www.caritasacapella.org. Well, any last things either one of you would like to add about this this work or about the performance that's coming up? Um, I might add that the work is 18 minutes in total. It's going to form the core of the concert, but there are other ways in which we plan, to, other music we plan to add to celebrate music. Um, other composers featured will be Dan Forrest and Lloyd Fausch, uh, William Byrd, Gerald Finzi, Craig Carnahan, Craig Courtney. So we'll have a full um, hour's worth of music. Um, about the Craig Courtney piece, uh, this is something that I had not originally planned for this concert, but given the current state of uh, affairs in Europe right now with the war in Ukraine, his Ukrainian Alleluia just really meant, um, I think just needed to be sung. I'd like to read a note that he put at the beginning of the, uh, like the heading of the piece. He says, in the summer of 2007, I had the privilege of being a part of a mission team serving in Ukraine. Because of its geographical position and rich natural resources, the country has historically been plagued by foreign invasion, occupation, and oppression. It is estimated that more than 25 million Ukrainians were killed during the 20th century due to starvation, war, and the deadliest nuclear accident in the history, which of course was Chernobyl. It's called Alleluia because Alleluia is the only word that is sung, but it's sung in such a hauntingly beautiful uh, way that portrays kind of like a quiet voice of hope and faith during the middle of suffering and, and tragedy. Yeah, you know, music can't solve that problem, but it can sure help people deal with it, I think, yes. yeah, no matter where they are. When major events like these happen where there's so much human suffering in different parts of the world, music is there to touch and to strengthen and to comfort. Dan, any other thoughts? Well, I would just um, end by thanking Kathy and her very fine group for uh, taking on the world premiere of this piece and beginning the process, you know, a new composition comes about because someone has an idea that they need it or want it. And the second is to just applaud them. And I would include so many musicians, but specifically them for hanging in there during this incredibly difficult time. Performing groups have to, of course, be that third link between the, um, the composer or the second link that between the composer and the audience, it's a valuable link, and it's one that uh, I celebrate daily for all of the performers that are around. And there's nothing quite like hearing a group of singers <laughs> on stage sing well. And that, for anyone coming to this concert, is uh, virtually guaranteed because she's doing a first-rate job with Caritas, and I just commend them as well as thank them. Thank well, you. I second that. Thank you very much, uh, Dan, for those words. And, and we're just uh, honored beyond what, what we can possibly say to be able to be uh, premiering your work. So, so grateful for that. Thank you, Kim. And WDAV is very grateful uh, to both you, uh, and Kathy and Caritas, and Dan for 
making WDAV partners with this performance and donating proceeds from ticket sales to WDAV. It's really great and, and much appreciated. So thank um, you, Rachel. And I would add that WDAV is just such an extraordinary uh, station. And all of you are to be commended for all that you do every day. Well, to that. Well, you know, we see it as our job to be able to amplify what you do and um, as well as share the music that comes out of the radio hour after hour. So thank you both. I've been talking with composer Dan Locklear and uh, Caritas Acapella Ensemble Artistic Director Kathy Youngblood about the upcoming premiere of Dan's new work, which they commissioned, called Sing to the World, a Choral Celebration of Music. That premiere will be on Sunday, May 15th at 4 o'clock at Myers Park United Methodist Church in Charlotte, and Dan Locklear will be present for the premiere. So uh, it'll be an interesting and uh, very nice concert to attend in our area. For Piedmont Arts, I'm Rachel Stewart.